Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Jess Hilarious, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. Yes, indeed. We got little brother little here. Brother. Absolutely. Fonte and Big Pooh. How y'all brothers feeling, man? Hey, man. Good, man. We alive. Uh, That's all you can ask for nowadays, right? That's it. 2024, man. That's it. Thankful, thankful. They they got the new documentary, May the Lord Watch, the little brother's story. Mm. Why that title? Um, I mean, first it... We started this when we were making the album, Made a Little Watch. Mm-hmm. 2018. 2018. So this was kind of like to bring an end to that era. Um, and it, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just really made sense. Like thinking about everything that we kind of went through and survived. The Lord had to be watching over us. Yeah. <laughs> there was no other fucking explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, nah, man, that was just kind of felt, just felt like a conclusion of that chapter. And, um, yeah, five years in the making, man. So it's out now on YouTube. Well, let's let's start from the beginning for people that don't know who Little Brother is and how sure. y'all got together and how you met, uh, which is pretty dope. You you brothers met at HBCU. Absolutely. North Carolina, North Central. Carolina Central University. Uh, shout out Eagle Pride. This is Durham, North Carolina. Uh, it was 19. Well, I came in 97. I came in 98. Yeah, we met in 98. In 98. Yeah. In 98. That was yeah. what we met. Are you from originally Virginia? I'm from Virginia. Supposed to go to Old Dominion. Supposed to go to Old Dominion. My wife went to Old Dominion. She graduated from Old Dominion. That's how, that's I, how I know. I still got my ID. You still got your ID? <laughs> from, from when I went to uh, orientation. orientation. I still got the ID. Okay. Why do you want to tell your mama, though? Why you, why you waited until the day before? I don't know. That, that, that confused <laughs> that me so got much. Ass like, she exaggerated, fam. It wasn't the day before. Oh, okay. 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 It was a week before. Still. Nah, I mean, that was that was my first big decision as you know an 18 year old mm-hmm. was um was making that decision and i mean she let me make the decision for myself but it's still my mom you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i don't cuss in front of my mama to this day you know what I mean? Cuss, but nah, i mean but still it's just it's one of the things like i have a healthy fear of my mom and so <laughs> uh i like that i never heard of healthy fear yeah, yeah. It's, a healthy, yeah. it's a healthy fear my mom got napoleon complex fam she, does, she not, does she not like hbcus because i mean you're going to HBCU it, it was free it wasn't the hbcu thing it was the I was gonna be staying with living with my uncle, so her brother. So mm. she knew, like, yo, you good, you good, you yeah. down there with family. None of us had been to Durham, North Carolina. None of us had heard of North Carolina Central. So for her, it was just a shock. Like, 
what who what where you going i thought you was gonna be you know where i had a hand on you so and she went to that was her own mother too right nah my mom didn't go to college okay, okay, she okay. went to she went to nursing school so okay, she okay. didn't go to college but um so yeah so it was just one of the things where it, it happened i literally got in central it happened in like a week time. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the whole process from asking to do you want to go to me doing paperwork and all, it happened in like a week so it was just moving and i was like oh shit i'm in there mm-hmm. i'm going <laughs> Okay, now I gotta tell my mom. <laughs> it was free though. I would think she'd be happy. Yeah, she she was happy. That's the thing. Like she was happy for me, but it was just the thing of this isn't where I we thought you this were going. This wasn't the plan I had. You know I mean, yeah. this wasn't the plan I had. This is this is your plan now. Now I think it was the realization of it goes from my plan for you to your plan for you. Got you. Don't have that control anymore. And and mm-hmm. I'm her, you know, I'm her youngest son. So it was just one of those things of like shit. I gotta let go now. Mm-hmm. And. So that's what it was. So you got to college and you guys met each other. So talk about that process, how you guys met. I, I know a lot of this is actually in the, definitely documentary, in the documentary. Yeah, but how you doc- guys met and what attracted you guys together. And then you started this rap group that became underground legends. Man, it was, uh, it, it was very organic. Uh, I met Pooh. Well, first I met, uh, ninth. We met, uh, well, no, we met, I think I met, we met first in 98. I don't know. Yeah, we met in 98. Yeah, 98. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we met, uh, through a mutual friend. Uh, Knife was on campus and he was, uh, we was moving in the dorm. Like we saw each other just yep. in the dorm and, uh, over Source Magazine, we started chopping it up. Uh, all this is in the doc, but mm-hmm. long story short, we basically just kind of started, you know, working together. This was at a time when, you know, it was at the time, this is like 98. So this is when No Limit is like killing everything. In the South, know especially, I mean? yep. Yeah. So HBCU, No Limit at a, mm-hmm. like the Ghetto D album drop my freshman year. That was all you heard in every room. Like we was bumping that shit nonstop. Nobody made crack like this. Listen, what? Ghetto <laughs> <laughs> dope. Listen, man, we ran ghetto dope. So, but so everybody was pumping that. So if you were a kid that was into like raucous or sound bombing, like you know, meeting someone else that was into that, that was kind of rare. You yeah. know what I mean? So when you met somebody that was on that same wavelength, it's like, oh shit, I, I found my people. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of linked up and just started making records. And hey, for people out there, when he said Ruckus, Ruckus record, you got to tell them because some oh, yeah, might gotta, Ruckus doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, cause Ruckus was the label that, you know, uh, I would say. Lyrical, miracle, spiritual. Very lyrical criminal, label. Umbilical. Lyrical backpack rappers. That type of thing. He, he can't help it, Jack. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I just want to break down because so they said Ruckus. Somebody might not know what Ruckus is. Ruckus, yeah, Ruckus died. It was, you know, it was very much, they were like, it was an underground label, but it was, you know, I mean, most, uh, Quali, um, you know, Barrel uh, Munch. Barrel yeah. Munch. It was like pretty much all Shit, of them. Eminem, Eminem was on Rocket Soundbomb. Yeah, he was on Soundbomb, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, so they were just, you know, putting out amazing stuff that we really enjoyed. And so, um, we just kind of started making records. Put some stuff up on the internet, and uh, yeah, Boom. we had and a record. What your sound is like today? For those um, who don't know, how would you describe your sound today? Like now, it's it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> not the same, no, but it's still us. It's, it's still, still us. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird. It's like it. Our our sound has evolved musically, but it still sound like little brother. Yeah, like, like when I had a, um after our last album came out, uh, May Lord Watch, and then we just put out two singles last October. October. Uh, with uh, Wish Me Well and Glory Glory. September. And September. It was September, yeah, my yeah. bad. And uh, one of the biggest compliments we got was that somebody said, yo, I can make a LB playlist from y'all stuff 20 years ago to now, and it sounds like y'all haven't missed the beat. I yeah, can't yeah. tell that it's dated. It doesn't sound. It still sounds timeless. And that was something I think we always strive for. So that's, if I had to describe it, I would just say it's timeless. Can I ask you a question about just being from the South? When you first, this is random, but when you first heard Ghetto Dope, right? Then you think it was kind of blasphemous, just a little bit, just a little Yo, bit. Yo, I was and jam- I loved the song. I was jamming it too hard, man. <laughs> like, yeah, why <laughs> I didn't have to write about it, right? Like, <laughs> dude, man, I, man, I played man, ghetto dope. Man. I played. We ran that whole album trying to do something. That was Moby Dick was doing all the hooks. Uh, I could, I was. These man. are rappers, you pause worthy people. Okay, <laughs> I know you heard me say ghetto D. <laughs> <and> Moby <laughs> Dick. This is an yeah, album with rappers. When I go back and say you gotta explain Master it now. P, a rapper. You can say it. Oh right. no, that's explainable. <laughs> <laughs> that's explainable. <laughs> man, we bourbons and lacks. Uh, we man, God, man, we I, we ran that album left to right, man. So nah, it was. We didn't really. I didn't really think of it as blasphemous. I just thought it was. I looked at it as Pete paying homage to right, right, to right. that era. You know what I'm saying? Paying homage to Rod and all mm-hmm. of them. So. 
I I love that album. But you guys also came out in the era where the DJ and the producer was part of the group, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah for sure. Whether it was, um, of course, Run DMC, Jam, Master J, Fresh Prince, and Jazzy Jeff, uh, Salt Pepper, Spinderella. Damn, he ain't that old. But Gangstar, but Gangstar, GK, And Ninth Wonder was part of Little Brother in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He's not here now. So what's the relationship with Ninth Wonder? Is there no more relationship? Um, there's no more relationship, but there's no, um, no, I mean, we talk about it in the dot, but nah, we're just separate entities. You know what I'm saying? That we came in the game together, but we're little brother. He's ninth wonder. And we're just separate entity that we coexist peacefully. You know what I mean? And that's just what it is. But Why didn't no he participate in the doc though? Cause I mean, this is the little brother's story. That's a, that's a question for him. Yeah. And the story <laughs> is old, you know, but like, I, I would like to have heard his perspective of it now as well. Did, did y'all reach out to him? We yes. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we reached out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, made it clear that, you know, it wasn't, this wasn't going to be a hit piece. We wasn't coming for nobody next. We, you know, we're just telling our story in just a beautiful, honest way. And, uh, he just chose not to participate and that's his right to. I feel like y'all set him up nice, especially when you first told the early story about, uh, I forgot what album it was, but it was an album. I think it was Afu Rock. Afu Rock. Yeah, yeah, Afu yeah. Executive yeah, yeah. produced by DJ Premier. And he was like, yo, that's what I want to be. In. And one of y'all encouraged him, like, yo, you can be that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. We were always, I mean, we, we coming up. I mean, you got to keep in mind, like, dude, we like 19, 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we, you know, we're just trying to figure out, let alone trying to figure out how to be artists. Trying to figure out how to be men. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, trying to figure out all that stuff at the same time. I mean, man, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. So, um, but yeah, but we tried to tell the story just as honestly as you know as we could, and uh, but you know we can't speak for another person. We can mm -hmm. only tell our experience, right. and so he chose not to, and that's his right. Mm -hmm. What made y'all want to do the um the documentary right now? Is it anything other than the fact that y'all been twenty years in the game? Um, I mean twenty years, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> legit. Uh, no, nah, I mean we talked about it. we just wanted to tell our story our way. Um, you know we didn't want it to be. Uh, you know, unsung or or told by somebody told, told by, by somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or you know, so they can pick their angle, their slant, or whatever. And we want it to be our story, our voices, our way. And so we said, let's do it. And we just started the journey. We didn't know what we was doing, <laughs> but we started the journey. Man. Uh, 2018, and it just took us time to kind of um figure out the story we wanted to tell and how we wanted to tell it. And I think the pandemic actually helped us tremendously. Because yeah. that version house. of the movie now is that's the third version. <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah, been doing, y'all been trying, trying and trying, trying to, to knock it to down, and, and it's just very, it's something that you know with documentaries. I mean, they're tough, and yeah. I think a lot of filmmakers they would try to do docs because they think that it's easier because you're telling a factual story. You know what I mean? But it's like even if you're telling a factual story, it still has to be compelling mm -hmm. and you still have to arrange those facts in a compelling way because mm -hmm. if you're just telling facts, that's not a movie. That's a fucking book report. Like mm -hmm. nobody wants to see that. You know what I mean? You have to give a story. And so our partners on it, uh, Holland Gallagher, who's our director, and Yo Phillips, who's our writer, they really were our partners in it and they're younger than us. And so we thought it was important to have people who were from a different generation to kind of catch a lot of the blind spots that we may have <laughs> not have saw. Right. And uh, we thought that was important. And so they came in and they really helped kind of shape the narrative because they were looking at this. They weren't super fans of us. And that was something that we did not want. We didn't want someone that was the ultimate little brother fan making this movie because they feel like they already know the story. Mm -hmm. And if they, you know, you, you dead in the water then. And that's just not the way documentary works. So, they really came in and were able to just, you know, tell, we told our stories, we did our interviews, the interviews we shot, our personal interviews, um, everyone else, we gave the questions beforehand, uh, like, cause, you know, it's, you know, my grandmother, rest in peace, our mothers, yes. our homies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like you're working with actors, you're working right, with right, people, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you gotta give them time to kind of think about what they want to say. So we gave them all the questions beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then when it came time for me and Pooh interview, we told Holland and yo, <laughs> like, yo, bro, we don't want nothing. Let's like, just get in here and go. Get in here. Whatever mm -hmm. you ask, one take, one shot, so, that's what it is. Yeah. And so that's 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 what y'all got. You see evolution in it. I mean, 
you see dark skinned Leonard in there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you see, you see Absolutely. Leonard with a hairline. Yeah, yeah, there you go. When I see that, I'm like, that sounds like something, but that man got hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was Leonard. showing everybody. He was like, look, I was like, oh my God, he looked like one of the kids from Lean on Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Club, Mr. Club. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? what year was that? 02, 03? Nah, that was, that was a mystery oh, show. That was 05. 05. Yeah. It was 05. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, it was 05. Yeah. That was the only, we talked about it briefly on, on QLS, but yeah, that was the <laughs> only interview that I missed because when we had to do that, that yeah. run. I think your son. Yeah, that was when my son yeah, was his, born. His son was born, so it was just me and Ninth uh, on that run. Mm-hmm. Every time I see that, I think about it because I wasn't as polished as I am now to doing interviews. None of us were. <laughs> I was, I was looking at. I was, it was, I was funny struggling. though. It was funny. He was like, yeah. "Nice yeah. asleep. Nice was, yeah, yeah. Nice asleep. Yeah. Why was you on BT? I don't know. I don't work there. You trying to dance around? I ain't dancing nothing. I said I ain't work there. I said like, raw ass Carolina nigga. Listen, that's what it was. Like, like, nah, but nah, that was that was fun. That was that was blast from the past. Yeah, I think that was 05 Yeah, it was 05 Nah, it was 05 So when Ninth Wonder got the call from Hove to 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 work with him, and Hove started doing production. Do you think that production area kind of dismantled the group a lot? Absolutely not. Nah, nah, man, nah, man. Nah. Like we, we, we was happy. We was excited for him. You know what I mean? Like, shit, we got to go to baseline and hear it before it came out. Sitting yeah. there with Hov and all that, but nah, we was we knew it. That's a big opportunity. It's fucking Jay Z. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> like, yeah, man. You want stuff for your team. Like, you want you know if you you know studying hip hop, most of the big producers they get their starting groups. So we just saw it as just a natural progression, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it was amazing just to to know that, you know, one of your homies can make a beat on his laptop and it ends up with Jay-Z rapping over. I mean, yeah. that shit was like, oh, my God, like, what? You know what I'm saying? And it really, it really for us was, um, for me, it was a sign of the kind of the changing of the guard in terms of what constituted studio quality you know because for a long time you know you had to have uh, when people thought of a studio they thought of it as like okay it's this big the big boards and like these big you know big consoles and big speakers and everything and beat makers were pretty much thought of as you know like hardware but for him to make something you know on a laptop i mean that was the beginning of software Mm -hmm. you know he really pioneered that you know what i mean so now with you know, him with Fruity Loops and now I mean that's pretty much kind of the standard with cats making records on Machine and uh, Ableton and stuff like that yeah. and so it really was uh, it was validation for us I mean we made our first album literally in you know a friend's apartment you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying with a mic like the mic we recorded listen on it wasn't as good as this mic it wasn't At even home. this it was like a little it was like it was a little $300 a, mic a Carnival yeah. MC mic yeah yeah, we had like a little little joint on it but you know what we, Joe Scudder was describing yeah, yeah. Okay, that was okay, what okay. it was and yeah. you know what I mean and so but we did it and I guess the, the lesson for me was just that you know it, as long as you have a taste there, is, there aren't really no rules in music you just have to have a degree of taste that can translate to an audience and if you can make it make sense to them and they get it and that's really all you need. Yeah. And uh, we were able to do that with very limited means. And so I'm just uh, I'm just thankful. Why yeah. why why YouTube? That was the other thing I was wondering. Like, you know, did y'all even try to shop it to like Hollywood nah. and Netflix? Anybody? Bruh, the writers of Stranger Things were on strike. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I mean, and Lovecraft Country's on Tubi. Absolutely. Like, well, oh my right god, now. for real. Today, yes. I love Tubi. Like, well, okay, I love Tubi too. Crazy. You know what I mean? I, I did that's a that's Showtime that's at the Apollo Marathon the other night, like yeah. watching straight out of Compton on Tubi. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Nah, it, I, I think for us, because people always ask that question, right? Mm-hmm. And first, to start off as a joke, <laughs> like we like, throw this shit up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But then we start thinking about it, like that's exactly what that's, we should that's do. where it's going. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Yeah. I know seven year olds who stay on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know sixty nine year olds who stay on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was just like all this shit is on the internet. It's all the same it's internet. The internet. It all hooks that's up it. to the same internet. So the objective here was I was talking to a homie of mine. I was just like, you know, he's like, yo, I got this project. I don't know what I should do. I said, listen, what's your objective? Are you trying to be validated by one of these companies? Are you looking for the bag? Or do you want people to see this shit? We wanted people to see our documentary. Mm-hmm. So the easiest way is you can, anybody can go up on YouTube. You can watch, you don't gotta watch it in one setting. I ain't gotta explain how my mama had to log into YouTube. Oh, mm-hmm. everybody knows <laughs> you know how to I mean? go on YouTube. You can watch it on the phone, it's the on phone, TVs, it's on iPad, laptop. Any, yep. Anywhere. Yep. And then also what we saw, because we, we came into the industry of 03, when we signed the Atlantic, 
we saw how the music industry was changing. We real time. We was part of it. Mm-hmm. We seeing the same thing happen right now for film and television. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody trying to get caught up in that bullshit. No. No, so, I'm not trying to be banging, trying to get the masters for my movie back in 10 years. Like, I'm all. like, get the fuck out mm-hmm. of here. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was really, you know, YouTube was, it was the only platform that spoke directly to the little brother story. You know what I'm saying? You know, we were one of the first rap groups to go viral at a time when no one even knew what that was or even how to monetize it. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just so early. You know what I mean? And so... A big part of that had to do with people being able to freely access our music. And it was something that was shared. And we just thought that our movie, you know, about our music and about our lives, mm-hmm. it had to be experienced in that same way. Same you know, way. We, we put it out and, you know, we dropped it on Black Friday on YouTube. And, you know, we did the premiere on YouTube. <laughs> and my man, uh, shout my man, Devin Morrison. He hit me and was like, yo, bro, I'm about to stream this joint on my Twitch channel. Pull up. I said, hell yeah, nigga, let's Twitch go. Is popping. You know what I mean? So I jumped on this Twitch, you know what I mean? He's screening it. I'm in the chat. Like, knowledge is in the chat. Shout out to him. Like, we all just chopping it up. And, you know, that was just a kind of communal experience that mm-hmm. we would not have been able to have had we tried to do it in a traditional mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? Like, that, you know, that just really, it just felt true to who we were and um and who we are. And so that was uh that was why we decided to go with YouTube. With yeah, it. even getting introduced to y'all via the internet, you know, South Carolina was right there by North Carolina, but I heard about y'all via online. People don't not uh, understand how big all hip hop dot com was. At listen, one point. listen. Hill shout Jeez. out to Jigsaw. Rumor section, yes, yes, man. People do not realize how big that shit was. Nah, man. All hip hop, S O H H, OK Player. Yes. I mean, that really was just kind of your. Really just, you know, where you found out about music, you know what I'm saying? Just where all the stuff you could kind of see on the come up, that was where you found it. And, you know, back to to the film, yeah, we just kind of saw, like, now we have the opportunity to go direct to consumer in a way that we didn't have in 2003. Like, if, I mean, shit, if, man, we would have had Bandcamp in 2003, I wouldn't oh, sign no fucking record deal in a rap. But what would have made you know Little mean? Brother bigger, though, right? Because you talk to rappers and... For most rappers, you, you, some of them would say you're one of their favorite groups, right? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of the fans, a lot of the people that listen might not have heard Little Brother, right? What, what do you think would have made Little Brother bigger if it would have been maybe signing to a ruckus that concentrates directly on yeah, yeah. underground music? It would have been, you know, a Koch record that's definitely under, like, what do you think would have made it, made you guys bigger? Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's, that's a tricky question because, like I said, the industry was changing at the time. So, you know, for us, I always say we was we was after the raucous era, but we was before, you know, whatever. Yeah, we were the bridge. The from bridge like, from yeah. from that to you know, to like the Coles and the Kendrick and all and, and all of and them. All of that, so yeah. I don't know if it was in the cars for us to be bigger. Honestly, I mm. think we are. Yeah, we was the lead blockers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we you know we was you know we was sent to take out the linebacker. Like it wasn't necessarily you. You're not gonna get the glory. You're not gonna get the touchdown. You're not gonna. You got to do your job. Do your job well, and you'll be remembered, rewarded, honored for that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Respected for that. And so, yeah, I don't. I don't know if bigger was in the cars for us, honestly, because I know who we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and right, you know. And I know who we are is, I don't know if that's conducive. Nah, us. it wasn't. Like, yeah. I remember having, I remember, uh, Minstrel Show came out and we did, uh, I think what was the first week? It was like 18,000, 18. something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? 18,000 records. And, you know, back then, that was just, that was you know, you, the worst. You flopped. The worst. Yeah, you got a weed play. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Yeah, but you said 18,000 now, like, well, nigga, it's, it's, a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal album. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. But I remember, like, we did it and, uh, it came out and I remember, uh, talking to Amir. Um, shout, shouts to Amir, man. That's, that's big bro for real. And, um, you know, he was saying, he was like, listen, man, y'all are gonna have to go crazy. He's like, y'all gonna have to perform at the label. Y'all gonna have to do this. Like, y'all gonna have to, you know, perform even in the lobby. Like, y'all gonna have to do this, do this. And the thing was, he was right. He was absolutely right. And I just talked to, I remember having a conversation. We, we were just like, we ain't doing that shit. <laughs> That's not who we are. Nah, nah. I'm like, nigga, I just yeah. made an album called The Minstrels. Are you thinking about to be in a label dance on top of the fucking yeah. table? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm not, you know, like, that. That's just not who we are. All up at your label. <laughs> All in the video. Nah, so, you know, it was just one of those things. And, um, it's, it's really just as an artist, I, you know, throughout our journey, um, you really just have to decide what's for you and what's not. 
and the things that are for you, you know, I, I tell you all the time, you can't ever look at someone's success and, you know, think that, okay, that's what I want because you don't know the price that they paid for that success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't, you know, that may not be something that you're willing to do or it just may not be, uh, it may not align with who you are as a person. And so I think the biggest lesson for us, uh, which is the beauty of this era now, which I think a lot of artists don't get, you know, they're, they're frustrated because it's like, man, it's just so much content. It's so much you compete with everything. But the beautiful thing about it for us is that you have the ability to go direct to consumer and whatever it is that you're into, you can just find an audience around that. It's like the difference Mm -hmm. between, you know, in our era, it was trying to hit a moving target. It was trying to hit a a moving bullseye. In this era, it's just you fire a shot and wherever it lands, you just paint the target around that bullet. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? You just, you know, and that's what we've been able to do. And it just makes for... uh and us, you know, it makes for better art and just makes for happier people. <laughs> y'all also stopped when the game shifted to everything y'all already was on. I think, <laughs> like, like, like y'all, it was like nine years between projects, right? It was like yeah, 2010 to 2019. Yeah, yeah. 2010 is when you really got introduced to the Kendricks and the Coles and the Drakes. That was y'all. That's y'all energy. Like, you see, y'all, they all was inspired by you. Yeah, man. By what y'all was doing. Yeah. So y'all yeah. stopped. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that was that was a that was definitely a frustration of mine. It was just like we fought so hard to get up that proverbial hill, and we got up there and it was like, all right, we done. Mm. <laughs> we, we yeah, it was yeah, because you had that moment, like you just you know, Petey Green moment, bro, like <laughs> Petey Green real. walking and, at, the, yeah, at this night show. Is that yeah? I know this audience. My audience is laughing with me. They're not laughing at me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But no, it was very much that. I remember we did a show, our last LA show. This is well before we broke official. This was twenty. 20- 20 yeah 2010 Kendrick Kendrick it's in the doc it's a section with me Kendrick and Abso that was from that show we had Kendrick opening on that show Kendrick open and that was like we were in the worst shape ever like we were like we weren't even talking (laughs) we wasn't even it was the energy was just it was just foul and I remember like Kendrick coming up afterwards and he was like yo man I fuck with y'all I'm a big fan like let's link whatever and I'm like yeah bro like cool you know dap him up gave him a hug I'm like love what you do and like that was it, but I really, you know, we look back on it now, and it was really, you know, I just hate that. I wish they could have seen us in a better place, because by that time, 2010, we was just over we ain't all like this shit. Other. We ain't like each other. We was tired of the game, game everything. It was like man, what fuck got y'all there? What got y'all to the point where the group wasn't cool anymore? Well, communicating. Yeah, we had different goals. We didn't know how to communicate. I'll yeah. say that, like, you know, we didn't have the tools. To, or the time. I mean, listen, yeah, the time or the two. Yeah, because I mean, you gotta think about it. And I and I and I think about this all the time. Like with artists, like now, like the younger generation, they keep thinking of, okay, I want to go viral, like going viral. And like, dude, a lot of times that shit is not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Like, that, you know what I'm saying? It really, it can be the kiss of death sometimes. You know what I mean? And so, for us, you know, back then, this is 2002, you know, whatever. You know, we went viral, and so your music goes further and faster than you have the time to develop as a person. You know what I mean? And so it's like, bruh, this again, me and Pooh knew each other a grand total of probably what? Two years two before years? we got signed. <laughs> so wow. we didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, it's, and again, it's one thing to be like, this is my man. Like we in the calf, we kicking it. We in the room freestyling, but to go from this is my man to now this is my business partner. And we are, Contractually bound that together. That sucks, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was a lot. So, yeah. I mean, Life looking back, is, yeah, you didn't realize it then when you in it, but looking back, you like, yo, that was a fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a lot we was trying to navigate together. We didn't know each other really, honestly. Nah, straight up. And we didn't know the game. We didn't know shit. And then y'all still had your personal lives, y'all. y'all oh yeah, our personal. You. Like, yeah, I had two kids. Yeah, my boys were yeah. young at the time, but yeah, it was nah. We was a lot. We was trying to figure out. So we we just didn't have the time, the tools to really know how to communicate with each other, to understand what was going on. Like shit, we didn't know each other. So like even now, my big thing is I need to understand why. Right. Your answer is your answer. Mm-hmm. But if I understand you, I know why you answer that way. So now I know shit he going to say and why he going to say it before I even ask the question. And likewise, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that then. So and he didn't know that about me. So it'd be things where in the doc we talk about. You had to learn each other. Yeah. Listen. It's like doing the labels. So when we got off Atlantic, 
we had Capitol Records wanted to sign us. I was talking with uh Shaka Zulu's um assistant. Yeah, we were supposed yeah. to met with Shaka. So we had all these things moving after we got off Atlantic. But he don't understand why I'm like, shit, let's give it another go. And I don't understand why he like, fuck that shit. I'm off that. Like, mm-hmm. I do my own thing. Yeah. So just not having that understanding and not knowing how to talk to each other, man, that was I tell people all the time, and it's not just in a relationship with a partner, spouse, significant other. It's all your relationships. If you don't know how to communicate and talk and actually listen, because communication is listening. If you don't know how to do that, that shit going is it's not going to end up well. Yeah. And that's kind of where we was. But and people can't be afraid to talk though. Like you gotta, you gotta know you can trust your phone up, call <laughs> yeah, your people, true. say what you need to say. And even if they feel a way, that's still going to be your people. When still your people. Nah, 100%. You know I mean? And I think this generation now, you know, like, I mean, cause my boys, my sons are, they're 23 and what was it? 23 and 18. And the thing I noticed that their generation, they are, they're far more emotionally, uh, intelligent than we are yeah. in tune mm-hmm. than we are. You know what I mean? Like they got, they got all the TikTok terms and the therapy terms. Like these niggas mm-hmm. know all that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the evolution of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're far more emotionally, uh, yes. you know, available. Gotta we remember we came up off the, a man gotta be a man. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try pick six, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code BREAKFAST. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points? Or have more or less than 8 assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code BREAKFAST. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code BREAKFAST. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited. See terms at picksix.draftkings.com slash promos. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. 
Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And, and you don't show your feelings and you don't cry. <laughs> you got to be hard. Hard, nigga. Yeah, that work. That does not that don't work. work nah, that don't, don't work. And what you were saying, Shaw, like about the um, just that time, like you said, we left kind of before that wave. You know, that nine-year span, that span from 2010 to 2019, you know, when we came back, you know, that just gave us time to grow up. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's it was a bill that was going to – it was come and do. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like – we paid it then, you know, we needed those nine years because we had such a quick kind of ascension. But, um, yeah, we just needed that time to just grow up. I saw Donald Glover say recently that all new, most most new rappers now, and I think he kind of meant like that generation that started in 2010. Yeah, yeah. Were, were, were because of Kanye. I would say Kanye and Lil Brother. Absolutely. That's yeah, what I would absolutely. say. Yeah, man, Kanye was, uh, we had, um, God, Kanye, he first came to Durham 2003. Four? Three, four, yeah. Three or four. It was before, uh, I think, had College Dropout came out? Nah, it was, it was before. College Dropout was old. It was before. Because Get Rich or Die Trying oh, was yeah, it was Oh, yeah, yeah. Nah, so it was, was so it was before, so it was before then. Old, mm-hmm. That might have been old two, three, something like it that. It might have been old three then. Yeah, 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 yeah old three. Yeah, he came before, it was before College Dropout, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, he had, at the time, the records that was bubbling, he had the um, Stand Up by Ludacris that was out. And he was about to put out the This Way record he had did with Dilated Peoples. But he was in Durham doing some kind of, like, conference or whatever. And so he was there. And, you know, this is before anything. Like, he's just, you know, chilling. And he just would walk around just, like, rapping out of nowhere. Like, yo, okay, my nigga, yo, Kanye and Fonte is, like, like, he would just be rapping, like, bro. But, and I thought he was, you know, acting. You know what I mean? (laughs) But now, you know, twenty plus years later, it's clear. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't an act. Like, yeah, he's yeah. the His same. Thing is on a different level. It's, on a, it's just on a higher yeah. platform, exactly. <laughs> but he's the same. He's always been. But yeah, but back then, um, we, you know, we did shows. You know, we toured with him. Uh, you know, we we opened up and everything. And um, yeah, man, it was a it was a, a fun time. You know, what I mean, you know, you could kind of see just him putting the pieces together, and you could see him also really kind of struggling with fame to some degree. Like I remember we were at um man, this was like South Beach. You remember who was at uh it was Oh the, the Billboard Hip Hop Awards. Hip Hop Awards, yeah. We were in like South Beach. He was in Miami for like a weekend, whatever. And he had his Rockefeller chain and he would we was going to a club. We would go in the club and he would take his chain out and, you know, have his chain out in the club. But then the minute we left, he would tuck it back in. Mm. And that was just something that I always saw, you know, when you uh, speak, you know, you ask about, you know, why weren't we bigger? I think one of the things, well, first of all, it was a choice. Um, it, it definitely was a choice. Um, and that was something that we really want to make clear in the documentary that the little brother story is not a sad story at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was really, you know, choices that we made. And I think for me, I kind of had my, you know, Ghost of Christmas past, present, <laughs> Scrooge kind of thing, and that I saw a lot of these guys when they were kind of on the come up and was able to kind of see what fame did, oh, to, them. did to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. did to them. Or, and I just, you know, like they were just, you know, prisoners or something, but to see the effect that had on their lives yeah. and how they had to really live, it wasn't just, yeah, you, oh, everyone wants the money, everyone mm-hmm. wants that, but mm-hmm. that ain't all it come with. Well, you tucking know your chain in. You know, being scared of fame or just not wanting to get robbed. Well, I mean, it was probably a little bit of both. But it was very, but it was real. Like he was like an image that you have to have in certain places. Exactly. And when you leave, you back regular. It's over. He back regular. regular. And because I mean, because when we was when he was like kicking it with us, I mean, we just we just kicked it. Yeah, we just kicking it. But when the camera's on, he knew how to become Kanye. I gotta, I gotta be me. 
a different way. A different way. Yeah, an amplified version of who I am without the lights and the yeah. camera. So little brother wasn't willing to perform. Basically, nah, nah, man, because that's not that's not you know this is a long game. First of all, that's just exhausting, fam, mm-hmm. and unsustainable. Very unsustainable. <laughs> you burn out quick. But y'all have always shown y'all humor, especially in videos. But that's who we are. Yeah, naturally, like who I am in this interview is who I am when this interview is over. Is who I am when I get on this plane to go home. Is who I am when I get home. Like mm-hmm. I am who I am, and is not. Well, I talk to people. When the lights come on, I don't really talk to people when the lights go off. But <laughs> that's that's the difference. That's the difference. I don't like people. That's the difference. Why would you, why would you be in the room, dark room with strangers? That is, that that that. that <laughs> right. Not the conversation we're having. Not the conversation we're having. Not the conversation we're having. Yeah, to back out. Yeah, yeah. This is not the conversation we're here for. Yeah. Nah, man. I mean, we just you know, I I just saw like when I looked at a lot of the people that you know I looked up to in the game and looked at the people that were able to have that longevity. That was something that was always important to me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Really being able to stand the test of time and be in the game. And, you know, this is a game where with music and just entertainment, just art in general, I really do believe that it's a game that the longer you play, the luckier you get, you know what I'm saying? The longer you stay in it. But you're only going to stay in it for a long time if you're doing things that you enjoy, you know what I mean? You otherwise... And like I, I don't care. Like, people, they say, you know, looking from the outside, <clears> they're like, oh, man, if I had an opportunity... I would do anything. I would do whatever. I would okay. do and it's like, nah. Mm-hmm. Say that to the wrong person. <laughs> listen, listen. Say that to the, no, say no, that in the wrong see, dark room. No. <laughs> hey, it's going, yo, listen, man. Hey, no, seriously. And this, and you have to, you have to make those choices because this, this game, like me and Pooh, like we was talking, you know, in, you know, in the, in the uh, break room, you know, man, this game, it don't know what to do with niggas that ain't thirsty. Like, they don't know what to do with that. Like, when you are not, you know, the whole thing of just, oh, yo, you you do whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's hungry. That's hungry. You got to be hungry. That's not, I'll do whatever. That's not hunger. That's thirst. Yeah. You should never be thirsty. Man, what you're like, saying is so true because when you talk about these recording contracts or just contracts people be signing in general, you can't get somebody to sign some bullshit if they're not extra thirsty. Anyway. Like, if they, if they got yeah. leverage and, you know, they don't need it, They'll negotiate what they want. But that's and those people will negotiate with you. But that's yeah. if they have leverage. But see, but most of these contracts, especially back in the day, you find somebody that got a little spark that wants to be the next artist and says, yeah. okay, they feel like that'll be an opportunity for them. And they'll feel like, you know what? I'll get to that opportunity and then I'll make it right. Mm-hmm. But then they don't realize they signed for 10 years or 10 <laughs> hours. Tough to make it right. <laughs> it is no making it right. Nah. Take, that, take that advantage. Time, Take know? advantage of that naivete, man. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's that's shit. Shit. I feel hey, like there's a story here. I feel like there's a story. I feel like there's a story here. There's no story. I, I was going to ask. Tired. No, I'm not. That's who I am, but I, that, that don't have nothing to do with what I'm about to ask. She's getting used to this. So I'm about to ask right now, What? how important, with all that being said, how sure. important is, like, awards to you, like... And that, cause you guys are very, very, very stern on who y'all are. Yeah. And all of that. And like you said earlier... You don't know if who you are is conducive to some shit like this or, you know, especially Absolutely. nowadays and the thirst and, you know, versus hunger. So how important are award shows and like getting awards to artists um, like you? Man, I was, I'll go first. I was nominated, my other group, the Foreign Exchange R&B group, we were nominated for a Grammy in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to go to the Grammys and really see what that experience was. And I think having that experience just showed me, like, yeah, this shit is a, kind of a racket, basically. <laughs> I mean, I'm just keeping it in the band. Like, yeah. that shit was, I mean, it was, you know, it was great to be honored. But, again, this is just the behind-the-scenes right. stuff that people don't get. You know what I mean? You know, when you go to these shows, first and foremost, you know, at, at least at that time, you know, you you still got to buy tickets. You still got to pay for like this shit don't come with a check at all. Mm-hmm, you can get right. out there and you can try to make something shake on your own if you want to do like I know the Roots, they do their Grammy jam session every year yep. or whatever. So if you want to kind of do that, you can. But generally speaking, just as a nominee, like everything is on you. So this is, you know, you got to pay to go to the Grammys if you're nominated. Yeah, they yeah, you pay for your flight. They, 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 they give you they give you like a ticket, but you get two tickets. Like, yeah, you get mm-hmm. tickets for you. So at the time, it then was they like give you some discount tickets, right? So it's like, <laughs> so if it's me and you, uh, if me and him is Grammy nominated, it's like okay, y'all get free tickets to the show. 
But anyone you want to bring, gotta pay. Y'all gotta pay, yeah. and we'll let you get it for half off. But you still gotta pay. And how much is it? Half off still like a hundred dollars or something. Oh no 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 no! Not at the time. No, I did it. Oh uh, well, I, I know when when <laughs> I don't know what it is. When now. Dreamville I'm, was nominated, and Luke went, he got a ticket. I think Doe got a ticket, and I think any extra tickets would have been like a hundred dollars or something. It might have been more. I don't remember. I, I wasn't going, that back so then. I didn't yeah, care. Yeah, you know I, mean? I know I that there was care. tickets even for the BET Awards at some point. Like you had to pay. I remember I wanted to go one year. And I had to pay like it was like three forty or something like that. Yeah. I didn't pay three hundred forty dollars. Oh, yes, yeah, so we might have been getting yeah. a super duper Y'all discount. Yeah. Yeah. No, at the time when I went, at the time when we went, um, the tickets for the Grammys, and again, this is twenty ten, so you know I don't know what it is now, but yeah, yeah this is twenty ten. Like tickets for the Grammys, it was just was twelve hundred dollars a piece. Oh, oh. and so mm-hmm. in order for us to go, you know, what I mean, we, me, me and Nick, uh, Nicolay, my partner, shouts to him. We went, and so our tickets were free. But then everyone else, like we brought, you know. Family, everybody. Yeah, that was six hundred dollars a pop. You know what I'm Jeez. saying? So that's twelve hundred on tickets. Then you got, you know, hotels, flights. Like, you know, you got buy clothes, everything. We had to pay like a PR person. You know what I'm saying? Um, to like walk to talk about to walk you the red carpet to talk up mm-hmm. your nomination and everything. And you know, and I've never like we never talked about it. <laughs> you know, it, it was something that we didn't just have time to get into the doc. But like, man, after I came back from the Grammys. Like, nigga, I had to take out a loan. <laughs> said, like, I, I, yeah, I had to take out, like, a personal loan. I'm like, God damn, I done spent about damn $8,000 out this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Um, and mm-hmm. so, so for me, so to your original question with the awards, um, I think that, in, and just in my experience, it was, I was glad I got to see it, mm-hmm. but ultimately I'm just like, nah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm good. I don't care. Again, it plays <laughs> to image. It plays to image. Yeah, and I mean, listen, it's all, you know, to be nominated for a Grammy, like, to be, you know, amongst, you know, to sit amongst, you know, be in that room and see it, like, I'm watching the show, and it's like, Kenny G is, like, standing right there, like, same hair, like, same everything, mm. and and that's another thing, too, with the Grammys, dude, specifically, like, y'all watch it on TV at home, and it's that shit, like, three hours, you know oh, what I'm saying? It's not three hours in Nigga. Time. It's longer, isn't it's it? It's longer. And with no, and you, it ain't no, at the time when we went, the Staples Center was like closing down. So like, you, they have like the pre-Grammy brunch before, and you know, you get a little food, whatever, and then they take you over to the main hall to the Grammy ceremony, mm-hmm. and all the vendors in the Staples Center, they shutting down. So mm-hmm. it's no food, like it's niggas, like it's niggas the Hunger Games, for real, for hours. hours. It was like one dude we caught, that had like the little, uh, he had like some candy and shit. He had like, you know, little snicker bars and damn M&Ms and shit. So we bought like a couple, like a bag of M&Ms and some <laughs> Snickers and shit. We sitting in that bitch, goddamn taking the M&Ms, passing the shit down. <laughs> and I'm like, nigga, this is supposed to be music greatest night. And I'm eating goddamn M&Ms in the Staples Center. Ain't no food. Yeah. yeah. Not when we went. I'm just telling. I'm just, I, I don't want to speak about my. Experience. I've never been to the Grammys, but I've been to a BET Hip Hop Awards. And I know that ain't shit. no food there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't no that food. shit was about damn no recording. That was about five hours, and I was yeah. like, hell nah, no. Was definitely, <laughs> no, no food. Nah. <laughs> we went. We went. Like, I walked yeah, out. I left though. We were supposed Word. to present. It was taking too long, man. I had to go. Oh my god. Nah, yeah. Nah, he really left. Like we supposed to present. He was like, I'm giving y'all ten minutes. <laughs> I'm like, he ain't gonna leave. He was there all day. I, I'm like, he ain't gonna leave. Nah, that's real. He ain't gonna leave. I envy. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, I love I'm it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not beat for none of that stuff. No, nah, man. Nah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and I mean, like, for me, you know, yeah, it'd be cool to be nominated for a Grammy. I ain't never been nominated, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's, hey, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't be somewhere too long and not just say what the fuck I need to say. Right. So, <laughs> listen. I just don't go to places yeah. where I'm going to be there a long time. Cause you might have to say something. It might have to say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> and yeah, and then learning, kind of learning what all this is. You know what I mean? Like, it's a campaign. It's a campaign. It's not a meritocracy. Like, nah. the minute you, and that was, I guess, the thing for me, but mm-hmm. once I saw that, you know, it was really, you know, it's super political. It's super, you know, who you know. Like, it's a, a lot of those things. But, you know, for, for, for me, all I cared about was just making the music. And, you know, if my music is standing up against somebody, you know, just judging on the basis of the music, once you get into all this other shit, it's just like, again, it was educational. It's like, oh, okay, I know that's what it is now. All right, cool. I'm good on it. You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing I want to make clear. It's not that we don't care. 
Yeah. We just understand what it is. And what it's going to take if you want to make that run. It. It's like running gotcha. for president. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just don't understand why, though, like, I know y'all got to go, but why why, why couldn't y'all just consistently be yourself? Because like I said, you you can watch the doc and see the we personality, are. see the humor. I was watching <laughs> an old video. I don't even know why. I just went, I was watching old videos this weekend, and I, I, the video where you let your mom speak the verse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life of Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm like, y'all do stuff like, y'all do your own thing that's personality driven, so we, why not just... We're not thirsty. <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. the, that's yeah, the key. Got you, got you, we're not thirsty. Because, like, it, like it's, it's been things people like, yo, you want to do this? And we like, nah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can ask our PR guy. He'd be like, yo, I got, I got, uh, I got this. We could do this. We could do this. And we would go right through the list. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah no. And he'd be like, anybody else would be like, oh shit, I'm doing all that. We like, nah. Buzz is like, it's yeah. far more intentional. You know you gotta what I mean? Got to curate and, it. Yeah, 100%. You got to curate. You have to curate your, the kind of experience that you want to give. Your fans. So, like, come in the Breakfast Club, like, you know, we both Carolina. Like, mm-hmm. there's a connection there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, it's like, the, you don't just do everything. It's not just, you know, coming in with a Uzi and just, like, yeah. nah, very targeted shots. Because at this point in the game, you know, we're 20-year vets. And, you know, the energy that you have, you know, you really have to conserve. And you only got to use it on the shit that really fucking matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't just be out here. At least, in my opinion, you can't just be out here just moving crazy and just you know expending all your energy and your time on you things do not have bullets. an unlimited amount of bullets in the chamber mm-hmm. at 45 yeah. 44 45 years old <laughs> i don't believe that. that's old job no no yeah, no yeah, yeah. Well, i'll be 45 i'll be 44 on monday you mean yeah. you mean Amazing. time like physically how we feel about doing things Cause, yeah yeah cause, okay because i feel no, like you you can do whatever right okay. you can you can do whatever yeah, i mean you see like someone like nas is on a run yeah. right now killer mike just won best mike. rap album. Yeah, 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 best like, rap song best rap performance a sweet absolutely you can you can do whatever you want to do what we what i'm saying is you got to be very you got to be strategic about what you're doing because the energy like just putting energy into things that don't make no sense yeah. right. absolutely you know when you're 20 you got all the fucking energy in the world yeah, yeah. you 40 you like hold up now and you have to be specific <laughs> and strategic like you were saying because I'm a firm believer that the work you do is the work that you're going to create more for yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you start doing sucker shit, you just going to get more sucker opportunities. Sucker you know opportunities. what I mean? That's so right. I'm like, nah, like we just going to set this shit up off break. Like this, what we doing this is what we not doing and just hold that boundary. And, uh, again, it just speaks to just, I think just the sustainability of it. Yeah. You know, we really wanted to do this for a long time. And, uh, you know, we knew we wasn't going to do that just doing moving like how we saw a lot of other rappers mm-hmm. were moving and just a lot of just entertainment was moving. We had to kind of come and do something that was very specific to who we were. And we kind of had a chance to go through that again <laughs> with Luke, you know yeah, what I'm saying? With, absolutely. You know, speaking on, you know, with um, Luke, but yeah, it's working with Luke, um, signing Dreamville and just doing his album. And he was very adamant. Like, I'm going to do me <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not, you know, yes, I want things, but I'm going to do what's comfortable for me. Like who, it was a key point conversation we had. And he was like, yo, I want to be able to be me everywhere. And I said, well, if that's what you want to do, this is, this is kind of the roadmap for it. And, and that's just who he is. Like, he's not a big, mixy person he's not mm. you know he he deals with anxiety he talks about it and so he we have to be very strategic in how we move with him and it's just traces of how we move and who we are yeah. i see that mm-hmm. in him and and so i was kind of perfect for that because i'm like i know what this is we've been down that road yeah. and and it was just one of those things where it's like yo this is this is deja vu like a muff yeah like, because you can't because the thing is like and that's again with the artist now i just Kind of treat, kind of keep telling them like, bro, y'all don't understand. I know this shit is crazy, but whatever it is you're into, you can find an audience for that. That's like right. Luke, and you know, in particular, in like cars he was, and he's in the cars, painting. Like he's painting. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, if you if you don't want to do Breakfast Club, like if you if that's not your thing, and you just want to get your Bob Ross on and do little Instagram snippets of you painting, you can whatever, do that. You can do that, and that shit'll go off. You'll find a community a of people that are that. into it. There's yeah. a market for it, mm-hmm. and you can go directly to them. And that was just something that wasn't really, um, you know, back, you know, to your original question earlier about, you know, why we weren't bigger. I just think at that time there were choices, definite choices that we made, but also it was very much 
marketing back then wasn't really tailored to the artist. It was just kind of a one size fits all. This is Put your this chain on. Your album yeah. is coming. Yeah. This is what needs to happen. Yeah, hold this bottle. And nah, legit. You're going to this radio station. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, bro, like we don't even drink like that. Like this doesn't make mm. sense. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm. I don't, you know, no moral objection to it, but I'm like, this doesn't translate. Yeah. And you just didn't really have the latitude to figure that out back then in a way that the artists do now. And so it really is a beautiful time. And that's why we wanted to take advantage now of just being able to go direct to consumer, go directly to our audience with the documentary. And um, it's just been it's been a beautiful experience. Man. Man, I got two you more. Know how many oh, young boys are like just like this? Like we don't want to change. We don't want to. I don't want to have to do all of this that X, Y, Z is doing to get where X, Y, and Z is at. And, you know, mm-hmm. if I never get there, I never get there. Like, this interview and your documentary is definitely going to, like, that. that's good for people. Because other guys like you out there, young Thank boys you. who, like, underground rap and they rap about things that they feel like won't be accepted or conducive to mm-hmm. what today's hip-hop is or today's rap or whatever. And this is inspirational to a lot of boys and a lot of that's right. grown men Thank like you. this. Thank you. That was, that was part of the hope was that people can hear our story and, yeah. and see some of themselves in our story. And that's, that's something we, even we in didn't our have music, that. We didn't yeah, have we that didn't, roadmap. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. We, yeah. It was, it was <laughs> like, Hey man, hey, yeah. it's, it's yeah. the way you got to do it. <laughs> like, do it. I got two more questions. Cause I know Jess hungry and she want to go, but um, Andre, Andre, Andre 3000 said he doesn't rap anymore because he's 48 and he has nothing to talk about being mm-hmm. OGs in y'all forties. How did, how did that statement make you feel? Um, we talked about it on something else, man. It's like we look at ourselves as writers, mm-hmm. and you don't have an age limit. You know, we're not athletes. We're not, you know, out there trying to dunk, and we write. You should be getting better with time. Even to your point about with Killer Mike, and just the, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, when you get old, oh, there's, um, there's an arc I read like years ago um, that talked about how most creative breakthroughs with artists, most creative breakthroughs happen in like your late thirties, early forties, because that's when both sides of your brain learn to talk to each other. Mm. You know what I mean? And so that just, I was like, damn, that's, that's right. Mm. And so, you know, it really is a thing where in this business, again, it just goes against everything because if you ain't owned by 25, you know, you done, you done lost it. And, you know, a lot of, um, you know, labels and just, you know, a lot of industry people, they're reluctant to work, with older talent, what they perceive as older talent, when that's the time when, you know, you're at your best, you know what I'm saying? Because you've lived a life. I remember we interviewed Chris Rock on uh, QLS uh, sometime back, and he was talking about Quest how... Quest Love Supreme. Quest Love Supreme, yeah, I'm, I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. Another iHeart property. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, shouts to Quest Love and uh, my people's Team Supreme. But yeah, we was, um, he was interviewing Chris Rock, and he was talking about how, you know, in the early days of his stand-up, he didn't really have shit to talk about. He was, mm-hmm. he, he was like, you know, your early age stand-up is just, it's just dick jokes right. and shit. Cause it's like, what do you have? But it's not until you go and you live and you get mm-hmm. divorced, you the have kids, kids. Yep. you damn like, you know, you really have things to talk about. And so that was kind of for us, you know, with the Andre statement, you know, we, we talked about it, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of all in the eye of the beholder. If he feels that he doesn't have anything to say at 48, that's his creative journey. That's how he feels. You know what I mean? And it, and it takes time to figure out, you know, what jump with rap. We've heard so long that rap is a young man's game and who you are, you know, when you're young, so much of that is driven by hunger and like anger and just trying to mm-hmm. make it, mm-hmm. you know, nigga, what, what do you rap about after you done sold 10 million records and, and you ain't like, struggling no more? And it's all know? about what you are willing to share, right? Like that part. Absolutely. I, I, I don't have, we don't have to get on this radio and talk about our family. We don't have to talk about our kids. We do, but we don't have to. I don't got to talk about mental health and going to therapy, but I do. It's about what you are willing to what share. What you're willing to share. What you're willing to share. Yeah. And um, my last question is, what, what does 20 years feel like for y'all? Like a good night's sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> like legit. Yeah. It, it, a lot of this feels like a year ago. Two years ago, I mean, we lost two years, but with the pandemic, yeah. um, we lost a little bit of <laughs> Legit, time. Mm-hmm. But nah, it, it don't feel it don't feel like twenty years at all. Like it, it's it's one of them things where you look back and be like, shit, like I'm about to be forty four, fam. I was just twenty one, right? Like <laughs> walking around, like what's going on here? And I, so it's and that's a blessing, you know what I mean? Like it it ain't been a hard twenty for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we've been through our share of things, but. Mm-hmm. You know, we ain't have, you know, no overdoses, no, nah, no, man. Thank God. you know, nah, nobody or... blocked up. We, you know what I'm saying? We ain't had none of them type of issues. So it's just one of them things, you know, 
you blessed that it feels like it only been a short amount of time because that means we got 20 more, more plus time to go, to go mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? it's just it's just gratitude i think that's what it feels like for me it's just gratitude just looking at you know a lot of cats that we came in the game with that you know didn't make it for whatever for various reasons you know what i'm saying um and you know and guys that were and that were like crazy talented, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh my God, why didn't this person get this? And, um, you know, it really is just a lesson, you know, man, the, the race ain't always to the swift, you know what I mean? It really is, you know, when you see somebody that's on or popping or, or whatever, there are a million different factors that play into that person having that platform, mm-hmm. the least of which is probably their talent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> talent don't, I mean, that shit is. I mean, we see it whatever. every day. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, so, yeah. so for us to just, you know, still be here and, um, you know, 20 years later and just to be not just still here and still like relevant, but just sharper mentally. Like I, I really, I really feel like as a writer, I'm just getting started. Like there's just things in that, you know, as an MC and, you know, just as a creator, there's just tools in my toolbox that I have now that I didn't have 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just, it, I just feel reinvigorated. You and, know what I mean? And even to that point for me, like, People told me my best two albums writing has been my last two. Yeah. Like wine. Like wine. Will we ever get a Fonte Pool Knife Wonder reunion? Nah. Damn. Damn, man. Didn't even think about it. It was like maybe there was a possibility in a couple years. Just nah. Why? 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 From the jump, nah, well, that's why we gotta watch the doc. Yeah, it's in the doc. I mean, we we talk about everything, but but, but nah, nah, man. like that, nah. that, it don't seem like it's nothing y'all can't reconcile. Didn't seem like they could it's, be like at least a maybe. It's not even a. It's yeah, not even bullshit, y'all, man. Yeah, it's not know. even <laughs> think about reconciling anything. It's just live, you know. Yeah, it's just it's it's that's just not what it's gonna be. you know, little brothers, Fonte and Pooh, and Knife Wonder is Knife Wonder, and you know we wish them all the best, and you know whatever all his endeavors and. We gonna keep doing us, and that's just what it is. Damn. Yeah. You ask Beyonce, what's up with Michelle and Kelly and Farrah and all y'all gonna get back? But they might not. Come on, Farrah. Beyonce be like, no. Not with all the names. She never know. She said Farrah. That ain't happening. Kelly and Michelle. Kelly and Michelle might have. You might get a shot. You might got a shot. She started naming, you know, all that. It's not the same though, because Destiny's Child, we we got like, it felt like we got closure with that. You know, yeah, I don't feel like we got closure with Little Brother. The documentary is closure. Yeah. He said no, and he said no, yeah. Charlemagne. The documentary <laughs> is all you're going to yeah. yeah. so, yeah. Sometimes we're not. Hey, we're not afforded the closure we want. Damn. I know I'm a girl, but it's closure. You get the closure you get. Yeah. Well, definitely Damn. check out the documentary. Yes. Learn about Little Brother. May the Lord watch. See the Little Brother story. Men on with a that was fun. I, that, that that took me like watching videos because you know we weren't even thinking about video. I wasn't thinking right. about video. Right? No, for right real. Oh. See that? I was like, damn. And we were surprised we even video. had that footage. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, hell no, he wasn't thinking. He didn't even know who he was. He said, "Hold on, what?" He knew who he was. <laughs> I showed everybody. I was like. He ran over there and got some cream for his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, I said, wow. yeah, that was you when you was dark skin. You got the you got the Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina, baby. 803, 803, Hot 1039. Absolutely, man. Well, it's little brother. Thank y'all for having us, man. Congratulations. Thank you. I love the Baltimore. I was hearing to tears. I was like, yes. So beautiful. So now congratulations, It's The Breakfast Club, good morning. Wake that ass up early in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But But nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.